And welcome back to Right Set Review, True Reviewers, your favorite place for movies, music, comic, and culture. I am Anthony. Nope. <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> How the fuck did I? You know what? I was going to get ready to compliment you because you actually did it very, very well. Wow. Right? You're much better than I did, except... Nope. Oh, well. Clearly, at the end. Clearly, your stupidity <laughs> is rubbing off on me. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's a mutual stupidity. I mean, we do share a brain. I fucking can't believe I did that. <laughs> Welcome um, back, true reviewers. <laughs> Glad to have you here on episode 19 of Ready, Set, Review. You know, I was. I, I think I was too I was too excited by the fact that uh, we have new gear today. We're oh, using uh, new upgrading. microphones. Upgrading. So we went out yeah. and... Uh, Purchased. I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't stand the nasally ass sound of my voice through the other microphones we had, which were just like, you know, they were cheapo, whatever microphones. God damn it, the poster fell. Down. <laughs> Fuck, everything is falling apart. Posters are falling uh, this, down in the estate room. This episode just, is off to Jesus, off to a roaring start. Off to a great start. God, man. <laughs> So anyway, like I was saying, we uh, we bought some uh, Shure 55 series microphones. These are the same microphones used by our friends at a shared universe. Yeah. Every time we went in and recorded an episode, we'd always come back and be like, man, it sounds so much better so on much their better. microphones. Yeah. Um, so we're like, fuck it. Let's just do it. And uh, yeah. we're really excited to hear this one sounds. We're all yeah. done. Yeah, and we, we have some really cool things that we're set to talk to you about. You know, obviously, this is the week that Captain Marvel is going to be debuting in the theaters. Um, so we're really going to dedicate most of today's episode uh, to comic book movies um, and really just the MCU uh, and everything that's surrounding it right now. There's uh, definitely some interesting things, some slightly controversial things that are going on, uh, which we definitely want to hear your guys' opinion on as well. Um, so, you know, definitely feel free, you know, go and visit our Instagram page. Let us know. Definitely, um, you know, send us an email. We're going to have the email link on the Instagram page so that you guys can uh, go and easily send us an email. Um, yeah. And, uh, and just let us know what you think. Let us know your opinions. Are there any topics, anything that you want us to review, anything you want us to discuss on the show? Um, you know, we're happy to, uh, to get a chance to, to go into everything. But, um, you know, let's jump, let's jump right in here. You know, uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about today um, is um, the the fact that Rotten Tomatoes has come out and they have changed their rating system, so to speak. Whereas not only was there an audience anticipation score uh, before a movie was coming out, but now the, but there was also an audience rating system, right? For those people who were lucky enough, you know, to be able to go and see the movie before it got released to the general public. Uh, they would be able to go and give their opinion on the movie, right? However, there was some significant backlash over the last couple of years. Things like um, uh, Last Jedi, um, things like the Ghostbusters movie, the female Ghostbusters movie that came out in 2016, right? There was a lot of, uh, of trolling for lack of a better term, that was happening on all of these movies. So it seems that Rotten, Tomato is, uh, Rotten Tomatoes has heard uh, all of the complaints and they have eliminated that whole that whole part of their rating system where you can now no longer rate a movie before it comes out. You can still rate it after it comes out. You can still give your opinion after it comes out, but you can't give your opinion unless you are a 
confirmed critic, you can't give your opinion before the movie comes out. Yeah, and that's really interesting because we were just talking about that a couple episodes ago, um, and it, the, the news about the change came out uh, a few days almost after we did the whole bit about Captain Marvel and everybody right. doing their right. review bombing because the, the Captain Marvel uh, want-to-see score on Rotten Tomatoes was at like 99% before yeah. this review bombing started, and it dropped, I think it dropped all the way down to the low 50s um, before Rotten Tomatoes uh, made their change, which was, you know, it, it, again, it was 100%, like we said, it was, this was not a, it wasn't a question of why the scores were dropping. If you read the reviews that people were, that review isn't even the right term, if you read the comments yeah. that people were leaving about it, um, it was painfully obvious that the reasons they were dropping the score on the one to see side was because they didn't like things that Brie Larson was saying about the movie industry and about men in the movie industry and her feelings on certain things that are going on. Which and I think would have been taken way out of context. Way out of context. They, they, they just so misrepresented everything that yeah. she was saying, right? And, and, you know, she was just kind of commenting on the fact that she wanted a little bit more diversity in the people that interview her. Yeah. Right? And that's that's all that she was saying. She wasn't saying, you know, I don't want these type of people to interview me. She just wanted more diversity in the people that interviewed her. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, like, God God forbid you have an opinion in this day and age. Like, it's oh, just, you know. Oh, man. And, and, and it goes both ways, like we were 100%. talking about before. Like, if we... We really feel that nobody is allowed to have their opinion anymore. I mean, we always say here and we joke about it, everyone's entitled to your opinion, even if your opinion is wrong. But what we really mean by that is that we welcome your opinion so that we have the opportunity to discuss it on an open forum and argue our points. Like, that's the way, that's the nature of debate. That's what this country is built on. Yeah, 100%. And, and especially the way that this goes, there's really kind of two, it's like a double-edged sword, I yeah. think. You know, there's a lot of good things that I think are going to come from this, and I think this is, this was a good move. But I also think that it takes away a little bit of the freedom, right? And, and it, yeah. it takes away the ability for, you know, let's say if it's not a mainstream movie like Captain Marvel. What if it's just a regular movie, right? And whereas you used to be able to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and see, you know, is this going to be a good movie? Should I go and see this? You know, especially nowadays, movies are very expensive, right? You're not talking about, you know, just going and spending $7 as we always joke about. Right. But you're actually talking about really, I mean, especially if you're going to bring a significant other, you're, you're talking about spending, you know, 40, 50, sometimes $60 between the movie tickets, the, the popcorn that you're going to get, the drinks that you're going to get there. You know, you're spending, a, you know, a decent sum of money depending on where you're going to see this movie. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, as as good as we think it is that they've they've taken the steps to disable some of these trolls more or less the unfortunate downside of this is that the article we were reading they said that what they what rotten tomatoes is essentially doing is they they haven't removed the ability to put these scores and these ratings in altogether right but what they're basically doing is only allowing reviews or scores that are written regarding the positive side of these movies so like on the one hand that helps control these trolls that are saying they don't want to see these movies just because they're assholes but on the flip side you know you could have a movie that people like legitimately are not excited to see like for example let's say you know come time for birds of prey 
I'm really right. not excited to see Birds of Prey, so I would mark it down as don't want to see. It wouldn't be for troll reasons. It would just be because I'm legitimately like not really that excited about this movie. Right, but because now, you're, you're a chauvinist pig. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, exactly, exactly. I'm a male you're, fucking you're chauvinist. You are 100% a chauvinist pig. <laughs> you, you absolutely uh, sweat toxic masculinity. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, so so like, so what Rotten Tomatoes has essentially done now is that you're not allowed to say anything bad, basically, is what this change right. equates to. Well, before the movie comes out. Before the movie comes let's, out, yeah, let's make before that clear, the movie comes out. Because Rotten Tomatoes is really, they want their fans um, and their users to be able to have that experience. They don't want to take away the entire experience of being able to go and give your right. review of a movie, which I think is really good. Right, and I think that it's a good thing that you have to wait until actually the movie comes out before you're able to give totally. that opinion of the movie, right? Because you're not, you know, going to have any kind of uh, detriment to the movie itself. Yeah. So what? So what? So what we think they should really do is to make it fair for everybody. They should really just remove the pre-release scoring ratings and comments altogether. Because again, like we were just talking about it last week when Anthony said that yeah. you know he was excited when the first trailer for Batman vs Superman came out, 100%. and I told I was, him that I, I thought hyped. it looked like dog shit from the very beginning. So <laughs> I would have been one of the people to go on to Rotten Tomatoes and say I'm not excited to see this movie, but I would have given very specific reasons related just to the movie yeah. about why I didn't want to see it. It would have nothing right. to do with my personal feelings about Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill or whatever. I would have given you like succinct reasoning of why right. I thought the movie was going to suck. But unfortunately, you know, we all can't be adults and everybody has to act like fucking children and give ridiculous reasons why they don't want to see a movie. Oh, oh, oh my God, wait, uh, uh, Brie Larson? Like, yeah. come on, man. You know, and and I really think that Lady Gaga kind of hit it on the head in a recent interview when people were talking about um, wanting to see her in an actual real-life relationship with Bradley Cooper. Right. And Bradley Cooper's <laughs> got – he's got a, a fiancé right now, right? To be fair, Lady Gaga's much hotter. Just Yeah, and, 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 and probably more talented too, but who cares? That's not you know Yeah, no, exactly. You know, but she was talking about how how social media is quickly becoming the toilet bowl of the internet. Oh, and, re and, and really it really is. is. And, and Twitter especially. Like Twitter is just I mean, it's just noise for the sake of noise and people just out there yelling and and, and just to hear themselves you, you know, know you know Opie and Anthony? So yeah. Right. O Opie from Opie and Anthony yeah. um, put it best. He said Twitter is a place where people go to punish you with their mental illness. And that is like the truest description of Twitter That's 100 I've correct. ever heard. I don't even have a Twitter account because I literally – like Facebook is as far as I can go into that realm. Because and, and even that, even that, I don't even, even that's becoming be on that. Facebook yeah. anymore. Like it, yeah. it's, it's getting to be the, one of those things where it's just you get so much noise and where it was this great platform to be able to still connect with people, yep. to, to be able to keep up with people's lives that maybe you don't talk to them every day. Maybe you don't see them every day, but you can still stay in touch with them and keep up with what's going on in their lives now it's getting to be this political platform of these this these uneducated political just rants and, yeah. and this sharing of just this ridiculous i'm not talking about fake news i'm talking about ridiculous fake news yeah. that people are trying to present as fact and a lot of times people are sharing these things without even reading into them they're sharing it based on the headline just so they can you know they can grab a quick uh you know uh you know attention don't don't forget about the essential oils 
Facebook Facebook is like a place of pyramid schemes now too. It's like oh, that's just so the most true. ridiculous nonsense. Like I had, I, I had a, <laughs> uh, an old acquaintance who had reached out to me um, right around Christmas time, and, and uh, I was very curious as why that person had reached out to me and, oh, and we started talking and and you know it, it was like a friendly conversation and then all of a sudden about like you know four paragraphs in all of a sudden <laughs> it hit me with it oh man cbd oils right? <laughs> and i was just like oh like come on like you know here's a, a person that i thought was nice and that i hadn't talked to in a while i was really interested how their life was going and and uh yeah no <laughs> and then all of a no, sudden you just uh, want to shoot yourself tried to <laughs> Pitch me for a pyramid scheme. My favorite, too, is like when they say, um, you know, and, and Instagram is a little bit of this, too, and they try to, to peddle their essential oils or whatever pyramid scheme they're involved in, and they list themselves as an entrepreneur. Yeah, come <laughs> on. like, I don't know if you know the definition of entrepreneur, That's but... That's not you're, entirely yeah. <laughs> accurate. <laughs> you, missed, you missed the mark just a little bit. <laughs> So yeah, so getting off topic as we like to do and go off on tangents. Um, it's all yeah, relatable. Ron, yeah, it's all relatable. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, whether you think it is or not, it is a social media platform. Essentially, yeah, I mean that's exactly yeah. what it is, right? So that people can connect and give their reviews and their opinions about movies, and I really like it. And it's really become something where it's it's so important to the the movie going audience, right? Now, something that I think is 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 really good about this. Right, is that it's going to hopefully take away from a lot of that trolling. Um, will it have an effect on whether or not people go to see a movie? That remains to be seen. Yeah. Right? I don't know if it's going to have that effect. Um, and I'm, I'm jumping the gun here um, before we talk about you know who won the weekend last weekend. Yeah. Um, but on that note, uh, it was a very close race this weekend between How to Train Your Dragon Part 3 and the new Medea movie, right? Um, and the Medea movie on Rotten Tomatoes has a whopping, like, like it, it, last I checked, it was at 25%. It may be up as high as 27%. It may be a little below that now. Yeah. Uh, but last time I checked, it was 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. But it still made yeah. $27 million this weekend. And see, that's all, like, if you, if you actually, if you go back and look at the history of those, the Medea movies, most of them don't have really good Rotten Tomato scores because critics generally don't like them. Right. But the fans of the movies do eat like that them. shit up. You know, right. it's the same as like um those uh, what were those movies that were based on the smut books? Um the the ones that all the middle aged women the were what? They, they were like they were basically smut books. They were um, oh, fucking, oh um uh, Fifty Shades, Shades yeah. Fifty Shades, Shades, Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah, it was basically those like movies BD, were terrible. It was like BDSM books, you know, yeah. like novels that your your mother Which the, liked the only and, reason that it, it's yeah, like, it's popular, the only reason that it was okay was because the guy was rich and handsome. Yeah, exactly. Where if it was an ugly guy who was poor, yeah. it would have been stalking well, and the, it would have been hashtag me too. It's the white girl serial killer thing we were talking about before. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's like but those movies, you know, were like barely made twenty percent on Rotten Tomato scores, but they made a ton of money at the box office because it was you know fucking just who knows why there's, there's a market because for schlock you know yeah. there's a market for schlock right so Don't I fall into the spectrum yeah. too right so I think I, I think the the no matter what the trolls do. I don't think the the troll's purpose is to stop people from seeing the movie. I think the troll's purpose is just like any troll is they just want they want to be heard. Of they course. want their voices to be yeah, heard for the sake of being trolls. Right. And you know, there's well, no fuck you guys. <laughs> well, there's, there's nothing wrong with letting your opinion be heard, right? But there is something wrong with organized 
trolling of a movie yeah. based on something that has nothing to do with the movie. Exactly. Right? Like, if you're going to give your op- opinion on the movie, the way that the scenes are storyboarded, the way that the directing do- is done, the soundtrack of the movie, the way that the acting is done, the way that they build the story, the, the characters, and the story itself, if there's no arc, if there's no climax, if there's no beginning, middle, end, fine. Give your opinion. Let yeah. us know that you don't like the movie. Don't give your opinion and don't badmouth a movie and bash a movie simply because you don't like an actor because of their political beliefs, right? And it has nothing to do with the way that they're playing a character within this film universe. And it goes back to what we were saying last week about the Oscars where people were complaining about certain aspects of Green Book. Like, you know, okay, so so I'm sorry that Green Book didn't solve the problem of racism in America. But does that mean it was a bad movie? No. Which, like, which, shut the fuck up. I think that one of the reasons why Spike Lee was so mad that Green Book won is because if you go back and you really watch Green Book, it's, it's all about how white people can solve racism in America. And it's, that's really like, like, it's, it's, that's really what it is all about. And it's just like, kind of like, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where like white people can start to feel good about like racism in America. Right. And that's, and, and, and like, it's just, and it's, it's just, it's such a disservice. But that, and that's, <laughs> that's the criticism of the movie. But again, like, is that, but does that a bad movie make? I don't think so. Like, yeah, I, I thought know. the movie was well acted. And again, you know, as I was saying before too, why is nobody, why is nobody complaining about the Italian stereotype that Vigo Mortensen and first Italians Mort- always get the short end of the stick. But and nobody ever complains about all of the the negative things that happen to Italians. Every time somebody talks to me, and and I mention that I'm from New Jersey, and they immediately mention Sopranos to me, right? <laughs> or Jersey Shore, or Jersey Shore. Oh my God, Jersey Shore. You know, because we actually live at the Jersey Shore. Well, and, and let's just take it a step further. I'll, I'll, I'll play that card. I'll be that guy. Viggo Mortensen played a stereotypical goomba in that movie. Viggo Mortensen yep. is, according to Google, a Danish-American actor. Right. Danish ancestry. Right. Does Danish sound in any way Italian no. to you? No, and however— so if that was a—I'm that, I'm just trying to make a point here. Like, you know, if that was—you know, if, if, pick any other nationality— and, and, and give Viggo Mortensen that part and another non-white nationality, whether it's Latino, black, like whatever, and you give Viggo Mortensen that part, people will lose their fucking minds. But Absolutely. I'm sitting here as an Italian. I don't give a shit that they got a Danish guy to play an Italian. Who no. the fuck cares? Yeah, I don't care. I don't so care. So uh, we were saying before, it's a no. double. In fact, double one, of my favorite, one of my favorite movies is a comedy about an Italian mafia. My Blue Heaven. Yeah, My Blue Heaven. Steve right? Martin. With Steve Not Martin. Italian. Not Italian at all. Not yeah. Italian in the slightest. But it's a hilarious, hilarious. movie. And he, he does a good job playing a stereotype, right? Yeah. And it's funny because he's playing a stereotype. Exactly. Right? And so, like, if you can't laugh at yourself, if you can't, yeah. you know, if you can't take a joke. Well, stereotype, you're only allowed to do stereotypes if they're for white people. I guess that's yeah, the rule. Yeah, you, you can only do white stereotypes. Be, especially white men. You're allowed to be racist. Yeah. You're allowed to be sexist. You're, you're only allowed to do males, stereotypes for white men. Only against white men. Oh, God. Whatever. We digress. <laughs> the, you, you get where we're going with this whole thing, okay? So the, the point is, like we've said literally since day one on this show, is that – Form your own opinions on things. 
Don't listen to what other people have to say. If you want to see Captain Marvel, go and see, it. Go and see Captain go and Marvel. See it. If you don't like Brie Larson and you don't want to see the movie because you don't like Brie Larson as a person, then don't go see the movie because yeah. we don't fucking care what you do either way. Like we said, if you think that movie is going to make anything less than $700 million at the box office, you're a goddamn idiot. Yeah, you're, you're crazy. You're absolutely okay. crazy. The movie is going to be – I think it's going to be good. I really think that it's, it's going to be a fun movie to go and see. Um, do I think it's going to be perfect? No, absolutely not. Um, do I think that Brie Larson has the chops to to really 100%. carry the Marvel universe? Um, I think that she, she has does. the acting ability. Um, does she have the 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 fortitude? And and I, I use the term testicular fortitude, but um, <laughs> but does, does she have the intestinal fortitude? Oh. How about that? Oh, I would I, I would give her my testicular fortitude in her intestinal fortitude. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from. I believe the kids call that rearranging their guts. Once again, uh, I think toxic masculinity. Oh, look out. I'm so toxic, baby. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm a little upset by? I'm I'm really upset that this bourbon we just opened doesn't have the cork, so I can't make the 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 cool cork popping sound. It's just the the sound of the screw top coming off isn't as good, but (laughs) it's good. No, we we really – we we Yeah, it actually is very good. I'm a fan. Yeah, here. Glass number two. Here we go. Glass number two. Um, no, but, um, yeah, really, I think that she has the ability. I'm really, I'm in big support of Brie Larson in this movie. I think that she has not only the ability, but the capability to carry the Marvel universe for this foreseeable future. I think that Captain Marvel as a character is great. I think it's a great idea to have her there. I think bringing in the Skrulls, I think is a great idea. And, And I can see the logical progression of going from this movie to now building towards, instead of having that big, dominant, world-ending villain like we had with Thanos, now getting a chance to do a much more interesting storyline and doing the invasion, the secret invasion storyline. Right? Dude, I, I was Where just going to say. Go, you can go to that and then building from there and going to my absolute favorite Marvel storyline of all time, Dark Avengers. Yeah, so... so and, then, and then, on top of that, if you bring in X-Men into the MCU, now you're talking about yeah. Utopia. Right, where you yeah. can bring in the Dark Avengers, you can bring in the X Men, and the X Men are there to fight the Dark Avengers, and now you have you yep. know X Men trying to find this island that is Utopia. So if I'm just being honest, I I really don't think Marvel will go as far as Dark Avengers in the MCU, but I 100% agree with you. They would be crazy not to use Captain Marvel as a jumping off point for the next slate of MCU movies and have all of, just the way that, just like the way they did with Infinity War, have all of the movies tie into a broader storyline involving the Skrull secret invasion. Cause that is one of Absolutely. the coolest storylines Marvel yeah. has ever done. And I think, and it works best when it's drawn out yep. like they did in the comic books. 100%. And I totally agree with you. I think that is, I wouldn't be surprised. If they, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the way they go. Like, yeah. And there's so many cool reveals that they could do. Yeah. Right? Like who is a scroll? Who's a real, real scroll? Exactly. Right? You know, and, and some of it is a little cliche, but I think that they could have really like some cool things where you find out that people like have been a scroll the whole oh, totally. time. Totally. And what yeah. a, and what an easy way to have like a um like a like a like an actor backup plan, you know, like can you just imagine how easy it would be for them to be like, you know, they let's say they, they cast a new actor in, in a in a new role and yep. it just doesn't resonate well with fans. Oh, uh, that guy, fuck that guy, he's a scroll. Yeah. Out, gone, yeah, gone, you know. Oh, like, <laughs> or if you kill off a character and then find out in reality they were a scroll. 
Oh, so that's how Quicksilver comes back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely think that Thunderbolt Ross is a, uh, is a scroll. I definitely think he's Dude, a scroll. Totally. Uh, yeah. Um, so, okay. Cool. So switching gears from the Marvel Universe to the DC Universe, because there's a lot of stuff coming out with the DC Universe right now that we yep. want to talk about. Um, biggest, well, man, the biggest news. I wouldn't say biggest news. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Most predictable news um, yep. that we heard this week. Uh, Will Smith officially out of Suicide Squad 2. And uh, you know, shocked. I yeah, am shocked. shocked. <laughs> like, Absolutely on. shocked. Like if you didn't see this one coming, <laughs> you are not paying attention. Yeah. Because I mean, okay, like let's just look at it. If you're Will Smith, you saw like Will Smith is not an idiot. You you saw how Suicide Squad was received by both fans and critics, and yep. yeah, it won an Academy Award. Just shut the fuck up. Um, and then you saw after because because like oh the the DC universe really started to begin falling apart after Suicide Squad. Like Batman vs Superman was the beginning of it. Suicide Squad was the next thing where that was when we really thought the DC universe was just going to go the way of the fucking yeah you know, you know it was way dinosaurs. Off the rails at that but point. then Wonder Woman came in and more or less saved the DC universe right picked it back up a notch but then it immediately went right back down the toilet with Justice League you know so it's been like a fucking roller coaster ride and then the Suicide Squad two was production was delayed and we never know if we were going to get one it was up in the air blah 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 now we know we're definitely getting one we talked about it a couple weeks ago James Gunn is 100 directing it but. Will Smith, in our opinion, which I think smartly, is so exciting. I think well, yeah. that James Gunn is just a great director, and I think that him directing Suicide Squad two is going to be awesome. No, totally, he's going to make it an awesome movie. But I also think that it's smart of Will Smith to uh, not uh, not be in the movie. I think it was because his character Deadshot kind of was it Will Smith who chose not to be in the movie, or was it James Gunn who was like, eh, Will Smith? Mm, See, you, you carry a big price tag. I don't really want to. They haven't really said one way or the other. I like to think it's a bit of a mutual. I would my guess would be it's a bit of a mutual uh, yeah. parting of ways. But what I was thinking about is, for me, I think the smartest thing for them to do would be to use this opportunity to replace Deadshot with Deathstroke. That for me would make. Suicide Squad 2 cuz the only thing the only thing I'm excited that's not the fucking start up DC fanboy that's not the fucking point actually actually yeah. Deathstroke was never a uh Suicide Squad member it's not the fuck was Slipknot uh, I think he was actually. Okay, well, whatever. He Slipknot was, Listen. but but there's plenty of characters. To your point, yeah. there's plenty of characters. There's a million characters. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Catman, you can put in there. Yeah. You can put in uh, uh, Ragdoll. Yeah, any put in any there. character in the DC universe who's even remotely considered an antihero can be on the Suicide Squad. You can't have outright villains like you know the Joker, you know, but anyone that can be even remotely considered an antihero, you can throw in the Suicide Squad. That's yeah. the point of the team, and I think DC should get a little creative with this. Break. The mold a little bit don't go with exactly the way it is in the comic books give us something a little bit different because mark my words you know no one's really talked about it but we talked about it what happens to deathstroke with this new batman movie right. deathstroke is probably not going to be in it but deathstroke is unquestionably a dc fan favorite he's one of my favorite characters he's, throw him in this movie yeah why and, not and and joe manganiello was he looked great in justice league that was Probably one of the best scenes in all of Justice League. <laughs> the after credit scene was yeah, the best scene. scene. You know? And wouldn't it be great if we had a 
League of Our Own. A League of Our Own. <laughs> you see uh, what I did there? I was just waiting for Gina Davis to show up. Yeah. Right? Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Oh, to bring man. Rosie O'Donnell in. Heck yeah. <laughs> God damn it. We're the members of yeah. the All-American team. So yeah, so there's a million... <laughs> near and far. I hate you. <laughs> so there's a million different ways they can go with this, but here's... We've got the... Canadians. Oh. Woo! Irish runs and Swedes. All right, put the bourbon away. Put the bourbon away. (laughs) Motherfucker. Uh, It's a great movie. But here's the better DC news that came out this week. And if you guys thought, if you guys have been listening, and you thought that our DC reboot universe conspiracy theory was just a conspiracy theory, um, all evidence to the contrary points to the fact that you are wrong because now <laughs> Ezra Miller came out in an interview on Literally Cinema Blend and friend of the show Palestini told me that we were wrong about the DCEU and I was like no you're wrong um, so uh, Ezra Miller who uh, plays The Flash yes. and is still on board to play The Flash in his own solo movie uh, said in an interview on Cinema Blend, yeah, we didn't really like it as The Flash, but that's neither here <laughs> that's nor there. That's an understatement of the year. Neither here nor there. Because there are people that liked him, you know, but whatever. Um, he said in this interview that the Flash movie, the script is still in development, but the direction they're moving towards now is to introduce a multiverse led by the speedsters in the DCEU. So if you don't think that DC and Warner Brothers are re-fucking-booting this universe by way of the Flash movie and everything else that's been happening, you're dumb. You're just fucking stupid, and and I hate you. And they keep talking about how they want to have more standalone movies, and then it's, it's in my opinion, which we've talked about before, it's it's the brilliant thing that DC can do, and it's very different than, than Marvel can do. Marvel has done multiverses, but never as successfully as DC. Right. And it's and it really is one of the, the, the best things that DC has going for it is their crisis storylines, where they bring in these alternate universe characters, and it's really, really cool. And you get to see these characters from all these alternate universes, and now you bring them into one movie, right? Right. Whereas you don't have to interconnect all the movies. You don't have to create this one large, expensive universe. You're already doing that by making the movies themselves yeah. and then just bring them together. And then then it becomes even more exciting when you finally get a chance to see characters on screen together again for like the first time. Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that that's really cool. I think that it's something that it makes sense. Right. And, and they can definitely do it. Um, and we've been and saying you know what else it does. You know, you know what else it does. If you, I mean, if just, you say Batman Beyond, <laughs> I'm gonna beat you with this fucking the microphone. Multiverse, the multiverse. I'm gonna beat you with this fucking microphone. It opens the door for the Batman Beyond movie. It's it's there, dude. It is there. It is right there. We're, we're you're not get it. wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Just also not correct. Yeah, no, no, but but I but I agree though. Like I mean, like we've been saying it since day one. Yep. Why not just do yep. this? Because you know we, we were talking about it a few episodes ago, or probably more like ten episodes at this point. Yeah. Um. But the the CW crossovers they did, yeah. they literally just Amazing. did a uh, a a, a crisis uh, storyline where they brought in again the multiverse concept into the crossover, and they actually had John Wesley Ship, who played the Flash in the '90s, and his it has been playing Jay Garrick on the Flash TV show. They had him. On the show as the Flash in his '90s Flash costume, which was just and awesome. Everybody loved it. Like this shit writes yeah. itself. Just wake up, 
this is what DC is doing. Now they might not go so far as to bring back, you know, like guys from from uh, times past in the show, but it just makes sense because, like you said. DC does like the, the multiple universe storylines in DC are a crucial part of the canon DC universe and I and I, I want to just mildly correct what you said. So Marvel does do a lot of, of uh, multiverse stuff. They just do it totally different than DC. So DC, the multiverse storyline, is a critical part of the canon universe as well. Whereas whenever Marvel explores a different universe, it's usually for just individual story arcs, and, usually, and then we don't really hear from them again. Yeah, and it's usually in the future. It's yeah, like it's usually more related character. to time travel. Yeah, it's not. And then you find out it's a different universe. Yeah, yeah. the well, only because time it creates a tangential yeah. time. The only time Marvel has ever really. Yeah. I don't know. The only time Marvel has ever really. Done always a, uh, makes it. It always it always makes it confusing. <laughs> Secret Wars that came out in 2015 was the only time that Marvel has really done a multiverse right. storyline where they brought characters established from another universe, mainly the Ultimate Universe, into the main universe, and that was just because like people liked Miles Morales, but nobody liked the rest of the Ultimate Universe. So that is what it is. But the point there is, there's a lot of that, the Ultimate Universe that even transitioned into oh, yeah. the, the the MCU. I mean, Nick Fury totally. has. There was a scene in Ultimates in which was the Avengers was called Ultimates and in oh, was it really? Tell me more. Well, be, I'm, I'm <laughs> just fucking with right you. <laughs> fans out there that are not that uh, don't read comics. Um, <laughs> so the Ultimates, they actually do. There's this hilarious scene where they're all together before they find the, their first bad guy to fight, which was the Incredible Hulk. Um, uh, and they're they're talking about you know who would play you in a movie, who would play you in a movie, and that was the first time that Nick Fury was an actual was actually African American. In most of the comics, he's he's a white guy with, yeah. with the eye patch, and in Ultimates, he was African American. He looked exactly like Samuel L. Jackson, right? And he even says, you know, who would play you in a movie, Samuel, Samuel L. Jackson. Jackson? And when that's why, like, there was so much. You know, like there was there was such a fan backing when in the MCU when Nick Fury was there at the end of uh, Iron Man one talking about the Avengers Initiative and he plays Nick Fury and it's Samuel L. Jackson. It was awesome. Yeah. Right? And that's what uh, there, there was a lot of fanboys that wanted to see them. That's great. You know? Yeah. And that's really interesting because, you know, the Ultimate Universe, I remember when the Ultimate Universe first came out and it was like the coolest fucking thing ever. Every title they were putting yeah. out was amazing. The Spider-Man titles, the X-Men titles, the Ultimates. Fantastic Four, everything was great. It was really good. And then at at some point, I don't know what the exact transition was, at some point it just fell the fuck apart, man. I want to say it was Ultimates 3, because I yeah. like Ultimates 2. Yeah, Ultimates 2 is great. I, I liked Ultimates 2, and one of my favorite comic books of all time is a comic book called How I Learned to Love the Hulk. Yes. Right, which was awesome, and that was the first time that they they literally kick Bruce Banner out of an airplane in a straitjacket and he lands, and then he, he lands as the Hulk. So good. Right? And it was awesome. They've yeah. done it several other times. Well, that times was an Ultimates 1. Ultimates, oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. It was Ultimates, Ultimates 2 is where they had, like, that was the... In, that was in part 2 yeah. of Ultimates 1. Ultimates right. 2 was the storyline where they had, like, the... I don't know, let's call them the evil Avengers from right, like Russia right. and China and yeah, Iran or whatever yeah, yeah, came yeah. in to invade America. But Hulk had an equally awesome scene in that comic because that was the time where they had banished Hulk or whatever and he hadn't been back on American soil for years. Right, right. 
And he shows up, and the giant robot's about to step on Bruce Banner, and he's like, I didn't travel halfway across the world just not to be welcome in my own country. Right. And the robot steps on him, and the next scene is the Hulk ripping the machine apart, and he's like, let's go! Like, yeah. bring it on! Very much brother. like it was in, in Avengers, when he's like, oh, I'm always angry, right? And he just turns around, and he immediately turns into yeah. the Hulk. It was awesome. Yeah. Really cool scene. That's a really good point, actually. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that, because we haven't talked enough about that, how the, the MCU has really taken a lot of cues from the Ultimate Universe. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it really has. A lot of it came from the Ultimate Universe. Let's just hope they cool. don't go with Ultimatum. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was terrible. Or, or Avenger, Ultimate Avengers versus Ultimate X-Men. Oof, that was not God, really that great. Brutal, yeah. I like the idea behind that. I, I like the idea behind the Avengers being brought together to fight the mutants, right? Yeah. It seems like a very natural storyline, right? And again, in Utopia, just like we were just talking about, the X-Men, are actually opposite of that, come in to fight the Dark Avengers, yep. right? And so it's, it's really cool. Um, but you know, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see, see where it goes. Yeah, we'll um, see where it goes. But again, back to DC and like talking about DC Comics because we got off on a tangent again, uh, talking about Marvel. Good tangents um, today. Though. Good tangents. Yeah. Good tangents. Um, is a multiverse a cool thing in yes. DC? Absolutely. Hundred percent. Absolutely, it is a great way to be able to bring the storyline further to be able to tie it in and you can get that those really cool crossover moments and you can have them happen out of nowhere that yep. you just don't expect you can have cool cameo appearances and it just create it can create much more exciting surprise moments i feel if you can bring characters in that way because you just have no idea what to expect yeah right and it's and it's that unknown that I think is going to make it more exciting. And let's just remind people, too, on our DC Universe conspiracy theory. Wonder Woman 84 was supposed to come out this year, 2019, and at the end of last year was announced as being pushed back to yep. 2020 in the midst of yep. lots of other DC news. So, And we haven't heard anything since. If you do not think they, – they don't need a year and a half to do post-production and editing, okay? No. This is 2019. They've got this shit on lock. If you do not think that they are reshooting a good chunk of that movie to fit in with this new soft reboot that is happening, you're – again, you're just not paying attention. Yeah. Batman is going to be young. Henry Cavill is not officially he, out, but he's basically Guinness. out – I'm going to beat you <laughs> to death. I'm going to beat you to death with this microphone. I swear to God. Um, so the DC Universe is getting rebooted. Just mark my words. Yeah, it it will not be, like I said, it's not going to be a hard reboot. They are not going to get rid of Wonder Woman. They are not going to get rid of Aquaman. Ben Affleck is gone. Guarantee you within the coming months Henry we Cable's will hear that gone. Henry Cable is officially gone. Yeah, 100%, even though it's more or less but, that way now. And see, you know, that's the brilliant thing is that you don't – necessarily have to get rid of him right and it still leaves the door open if you do it this way it leaves the door open for ben affleck to come back right it leaves the door open to be able to to have zero storyline have zero build-up about certain characters like maybe a thomas wayne from flashpoint yep. right and you bring in you bring in thomas wayne from flashpoint and have him be batman right and and he was even um uh you know i mean he, he he's a great character i mean obviously he has the um, appearance in Batman versus Superman in the yep. beginning of the the movie, which was a great sequence, um, except for when he flies at the end. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I think it's a cool way where you can you 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 don't have to. It's a way to not have to commit to any kind of the decisions that you're doing, right? And you can still leave it open, and you can pivot, and you can turn on a dime. Which right? isn't that the best theory for DC right now? Because since day one, <laughs> they clearly have had no fucking clue what they've been doing. <laughs> so uh, what better way? <laughs> we're uh, we're gonna just 
try and do some stuff. Like I said, I mean, you know, like, you know if you if you really like, D, I'm telling you, DC, the DC and Warner Brothers executives are sitting in a room with piles of cocaine, throwing darts at a board, saying, "Oh, what is that? Yeah, okay, we're gonna make a movie about that, and it's gonna have that. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Captain Cold versus Mr. Freeze. Yeah, let's make that movie. Do it. Like they're they're just they have no fucking clue what they're doing. And to be fair, they are they do seem like they're starting to narrow down their focus a little bit, which is what we as fans, not fanboys, as fans want to see because for the most part, everything oh, the live God. action DCEU has put out to date, for the most part, has been a huge fucking disappointment, and we yeah. deserve better. Yeah, we do, and we're going to get better. We're going to get better. I think uh, Shazam. Shazam. Shazam saves all. Like, he's one of my favorite characters ever in the comic books, and ever since I first read Kingdom Come and and I think he's just going to be great I think it's going to be a great movie it looks like it's so much fun um, you know and that's something that we wanted to talk about it's a good uh, way to kind of bring this you know yeah the new trailer drop new, new trailer, trailer drop, drop for Shazam and it looks amazing it looks amazing my only criticism of it is I feel like they're giving away too much of the movie right see I disagree I think that they're giving away just enough because what I've been looking at so the, so the new trailer um, the new trailer really seems to focus a lot on more of the let's call it a montage of him discovering his powers and how to use yeah. them. We're just getting more of that. We really still haven't gotten any of uh, Doctor Savannah as as the villain. He right. actually says a line in the trailer, yeah. um, and you know we saw a little bit more. We we saw him shoot lightning at one point in the in the trailer, which I know Anthony is gonna. Complain about because that's not what Doctor Zavala is supposed to do in the comic books, but he's not. you know, well, well, he's not. It's not. It's not no. the character. But I. Oh, I'm I don't, sorry. Is, I don't, is that is that fanboy nope. I hear? Yeah. Is that fanboy yeah. I hear? Yeah, coming? It is. yeah. Yep. My fanboy yep. is leaking out. Yep. Right. Leaking out. Leaking you know, out. He's supposed to be a mad scientist. He's not supposed to be super powerful. What? But I'm willing to suspend disbelief and and understand because like, he's so smart as a mad again, scientist. He gives himself powers. Right. And and something that we always talk about is that when you switch the medium, that you should change the story. Right when you when you bring a story from one medium to another, that you need to have a different medium, right, and or a different story, and um, and I think it's I think it's going to be cool. I think and and Mark Strong is such a good actor yeah. that I think he, he definitely has the chops to play a really good villain in this movie, right? Yeah, we've said that before. He had you know he was a great villain and well a great more or less anti-hero in Green Lantern. He was the only good thing about that movie. But even in those uh. In the I think it was the first Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. Might have been the second. I think it was the yeah, first where Mark Strong was, was the villain. Yeah, I think it was um, the first. And he was great. He was a great villain. He just has this like air about him and he where was he great like as Sinestro. He yeah. was the best part of the Green Lantern yeah, movie. I literally, I literally just said that. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm <laughs> are, you agree, are you agreeing with yeah, me? I'm or? agreeing with you. I, thought, I just thought you weren't listening. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, but for real though, we're, we're like this movie is so where I, I don't think me personally, I've never been more hyped about a DC movie as I am about Shazam. Oh, absolutely. Like it absolutely. looks, you know, like we were saying before, you know, Anthony liked the trailer for Batman versus Superman. I did not. We we knew from day one that Justice League was going to suck massive donkey dick. Um, we were we were questionable <laughs> about Wonder Woman given when it was released. That turned out to be really good. Yeah. You know, we had our res reservations about Aquaman, but ended up liking it for the most part. Yeah. This is the first DC movie where, from start to finish, 
we have been hyped, and yeah. I I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be absolutely just phenomenal. It's going to be so much fun to go and see. It's just going to be a great time at the movie, and it's got yeah. a solid three weeks yep. before it has to face up against Avengers uh, Endgame. Right, and I think by that time, then it's already over. Yeah, it's already. I, over I, I think point. I think I think as long as they have three solid weeks, the only other problem that, that I could foresee is uh, Pet Cemetery. Um, because I think Pet yeah. Cemetery is going to be really, not even going to really make good. a dent. I'm telling you, it's not even going to make. Like, it, it's going to be. I, I, I think know. Pet Cemetery is going to be very well received critically, and I think fans are going to like it. It's definitely going to make money at the box office. Yeah. But if we're talking from a, a perspective of beating Shazam, like unless unless we are way off the mark and Shazam is a terrible movie, there's no way Pet Cemetery beats it. Just, no way. Not a chance. I, just, I don't know how Shazam could be a bad movie. Like, it looks very jovial. Right? It looks exactly. very it looks Thor amazing. Ragnarok, right? It yeah. looks like it's just going to be a fun time with some serious parts, and it's not going to take itself too seriously. I love how you know? in the new trailer they seem to, like, the movie seems to be poking fun at the other elements of the DCEU, which I think is great. Yes. Like, there's the one this scene in the new trailer where he looks like he's in a... He's in, like, a toy store, more yeah, it looks or less. like a Target or and something. And yeah. he grabs, like, a Batman, like, a giant life-size Batman toy, and he throws it at somebody. He goes, Batman, save the day! Yeah. Get him, Batman! <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then later in the trailer, you see him going, I can, I can jump tall buildings in a single bound, and he jumps... Up of this skyscraper, but doesn't make it and falls through a window near the yeah. top of the skyscraper. Which, of course, you know, as everybody knows, able to leap tall buildings faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. That's Superman. They're making fun of themselves, and that's yeah. so great. Yeah, like, I'm such a fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and especially with this kind of story and with the whole premise of it being a a kid who becomes a superhero, right? Exactly. You know, I think it's great. I, yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. So so we are really hyped for Shazam. We can't wait to go see it. We can't wait to give you our review on it. Uh, another movie that we are, uh, I'm not going to say hyped for, uh, but we're more hyped for, we're going to get into some serious detail here on our new favorite segment called Will It Suck? Okay, so for this Will It Suck segment, getting back to the Marvel Universe, um, we want to talk about something else that had a new trailer that dropped just a couple of days ago, uh, and that is Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix, man, so <laughs> the early reviews about this movie, and it went into post-production. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, was this supposed to come out last year? And then it went into reshoots, and it was put yes, back to this you, year. You are Same correct. thing with New Mutants, right? Correct. New Mutants was also supposed to come out last year, and then got pushed to this year correct. as well. Correct. Right. So Dark Phoenix, it went through a tremendous amount of reshoots, and and uh, and there's a lot of just negativity around it, and and about the story itself, and it looks like there was a lot that may have been phoned in. However, with this new trailer, I mean, it doesn't look terrible it doesn't look bad yeah i gotta say it, it actually looks, looks kind of cool i gotta say the the new trailer looks a lot better than the first trailer because the first trailer did nothing for us first trailer was just bland and boring and stupid yeah this trailer i gotta admit it, it looks like a much better movie than i we originally gave it credit for um yeah they they seem to be hitting you know they're they're, they're pulling the right from the comics with with how she has the um, gets blasted by the Phoenix Force, you know, in space. In space. Um, and they, they've got a good, obviously, a, a strong cast. Everybody seems to be playing their own role here. We talked about how we like the costumes. 
Um, you know, the, the the big thing that the big unknown or not an unknown, but the big question for me is still, you know, we've talked about how Magneto had no business being in Apocalypse and he was just thrown in there and it, and it did the movie a disservice despite right. how good Fassbender was. That's the only thing I'm still worried about for this movie is because I don't really see a need for Magneto to be there. Um, but he is, and he seems to have yeah. a prominent part, so I hope it doesn't and it, hurt I, the movie. I, I think that it won't. I think that Magneto is going to be there. I think that it's going to introduce the Brotherhood as yeah. well, because I know that Toad... Seems like it. Yeah, Toad is actually going to be a character in the movie. Um, uh, he's uh, actually... Um, he, who is he played by? Uh, Evan Jonkite. Um, so Evan Jonkite, you may know him from... Uh, Days of Future Past. He played Toad in uh, X Men Days of Future Past. Yes, he was the. Um, so they're going to bring Toad him back. A little cameo, right? So it was very, very short. He was also in the show Frontier. He was also in the show Easy. Um, and he's been in a lot of like kind of lesser things. Nothing really like super fantastic. So um, that would be cool. If they actually. He was also in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but you know that would be cool. If they actually did the Brotherhood correctly you know because i didn't really like the way they did the brotherhood in uh the first x-men movie but you know right. speaking of characters i want to know who jessica chastain is playing because yeah she's not her if you it's look at her imdb I'm credits yeah if you look at her imdb credits for the movie her character does not have a name and they've constantly been saying since she was casted cast in a mystery role quote a mystery role a mystery role and right. so let's speculate real quick yeah let's let's postulate who let's, do we think this character is i think she's that, a very prominent character in right? all of the trailers and right? she seems to be in the latest trailer more so than the first one she really seems to be like the the voice in dark phoenix's ear like driving her to be evil like she really seems like she's trying to to manipulate her so so that you know if you're a fan of the comic books that immediately makes you think is she the white queen because she's got kind of blondish hair in the movie um, but they already did white queen exactly in, in x-men first class so she exactly can't be the white queen even and with like the retconning with days of future past it still doesn't make sense to have her be the white queen and according to imdb we know that there is going to be a celine in the character and celine was actually a clone of Jean Grey. She no, that's the, Madeline Pryor. Was, same thing with Celine. Celine was oh, a, Celine was another clone. Yeah, Celine was another oh, clone idiot. of Jean Grey. Okay, and I believe that she was. And then because I know she was the Black Queen in in the Hellfire Club. I thought that was Madeline Pryor. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm 100 percent sure. Okay. You know what? Let's go to the board. Yeah, let's look. Let's, let's let me look. Well, look, look while up. you're looking but, it up. And anyway, it's it's an actress, relatively unknown actress named Coda Everhart, who's going to be playing the character of Celine. Right. So, okay. So I think it's it, you know she's going to be a, a cool character, but so while you look up who Celine actually was in the comic books, Madeline Pryor was a thought that had crossed my mind, but you know who I think she's really going to play, and I think what would make the most sense, um, I think it would be cool if she was a member of the Shi'ar Empire. Because in the comic books, yeah, the Shi'ar cool. is a she played Deathbird. Yeah, like, like Deathbird. Yeah. Like but, I mean, I, her character in IMDb is called Celine, so... No, I'm not talking about Jessica Chastain. Oh, you're talking yeah. about Chastain. The, yeah. un, the unknown character. Right. Yeah. You're supposed to be looking up who Celine is. 
I'm thinking that it would be cool if Jessica Chastain's character was a member, doesn't necessarily need to be Deathbird, but one way, shape, or form of the Shi'ar. Because in the trailer, you see that the whole Phoenix uh, Awakening, let's call it, happens in space. So it would be really cool, and I think a really cool little nod to the fans, to have Jessica Chastain's character be a member of the Shi'ar. Because the Shi'ar have, you know, in the comic books, depending on which side of the Empire they fall on, some of them are trying to control the Phoenix Force, some of them are trying to eliminate it, some of them believe the Phoenix Force is like the savior of the universe. So I think that would be a really cool kind of cosmic element to add to this movie if... Jessica Chastain's character is a member of the Shi'ar, whether good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, and so it looks like you're you're correct. I know that she was the Black Queen, which is what uh, Dark Phoenix was, and maybe that's where my confusion was. Yeah, and I know that she had um, an interaction with Rachel Summers, right? Right, who was also the Phoenix, right? right? Um, and I, so yeah, but it looks like yeah, she was just the Black Queen in uh, in the Hellfire Club. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so okay. So, if you're so, keeping score, yeah, uh, I win. Yeah, one one to one, nothing. One, one, Woohoo! Right? I guess that's where my confusion came in. For some reason, I thought that she was a clone because, like, I knew that Madeline Pryor was the clone of Jean Grey. I was gonna say, to be fair, I'm pretty sure there have been multiple clones of Jean Grey in the comic. Yeah, books, exactly. Jean, you know? the, the 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 whole Summers uh, lineage is. Just confusing as fuck. So <laughs> I think it's fair yeah, that you, you know, there's, there's timelines and alternate realities. Because like Rachel Summers is like Jean Grey and Scott Summers' daughter from the future. Yeah. And then of and, course we have Cable. Yeah, and, and then you Nate, have Caber. Right. Thing, yeah. yeah. The, 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 the timelines so. are. Well, they, they, they did it in Deadpool when he goes, We're going to see the professor. Uh, McAvoy or Stewart. These timelines <laughs> are so confusing. They really are. They, they really do. are. They the do. X-Men timelines so, yeah, are so notoriously more confusing. In the end of the timeline. So, so Dark Phoenix, like I said, we're uh, we're pretty ex- we're uh, we're not pretty excited. We are more excited than we have been because this trailer makes the movie look a lot better. Yeah. And our biggest, I please, uh, I'm listen, I'm, I'm praying to the X Men gods, please. For the love of God, I know it doesn't matter because the X Men are coming into the MCU and this movie doesn't mean anything. For the love of God, please fucking kill Mystique. You should have killed her in Apocalypse. Well, I mean, it's obvious that she's dying. Like, I mean, they, gave it's it obvious, yeah, the they gave it away in the trailer. They gave it away. They gave it away in the trailer. Please fucking do which it. Which I think that they did in order to make the movie more interesting, um, which I think is is not a terrible thing. I think it's really cool, but... Well, yeah, because everybody wanted her to die in Apocalypse because, like... If, so Mystique's story arc in First Class and Days of Future Past was arguably the most interesting story arc of any of the X-Men movies. It was, it was very cool to see her, like, you know, she was more or less ashamed of being a mutant, sort of hiding, like, afraid to be in her own skin, hiding under the the, the human uh, yeah. persona, um, and then and then siding with Magneto at the end of First Class because she believed in him, and then, you know, secretly fighting for mutant mutant rights in Days of Future Past, trying to assassinate, like, like it was such a great story arc, and all of that character development was just shit on in yeah. Apocalypse, which... The only way they could have saved Apocalypse was to kill Mystique, yeah. and they didn't do that. No, they and didn't do that. So they, yeah. they're, I, I think they're trying to get back on fans' good sides by like insinuating that they're going to kill her in this movie because yeah. everybody wants her to die. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and it, it just makes it. It's not that we hate Jennifer Lawrence as the character; she's actually done an incredible. Great. 
she's an, uh, absolutely done an amazing job, and I, I definitely sympathize with her for the extreme amounts of, of hardship that she's had to go in order to, to make this character yeah. come to life on screen. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you got to do something where you can kill off the characters. You got to start changing the universe. And I mean, arguably, this is going to be the last X Men movie that happens definitely before it gets redone and all put into the MCU anyway. Yeah, because we we know we talked about it so, a few you know, weeks ago. So no, that's no, that's something. What if they just kill everyone? What if they just? Oh. What if Dark Phoenix just kills everyone? Because it looks like it's going to be a dark movie. Like wow. it looks like the movie itself is going to be very dark. What if? What if Dark Phoenix literally does the the Scarlet Witch and no more mutants and just kills all of the X Men? That movie? would actually be the most incredible way to end this movie if Dark Phoenix just fucking kills everybody and then just flies off. Yeah. Right. Just just and then flies off into outer space. Wow. Right. Just let her murder everyone. She flies off into outer space. Right. And you just wow. leave it on a on a fucking sad note where you just have you just you just have like. People get their guts torn out, right? Yeah. And they're leaving this movie, right? Like they left uh, Avengers: Infinity War with their guts torn out, right? And and it's just like, it, it, it's just so sad, right? I think that would be amazing. Yeah, you know right? what? I had that thought hadn't even crossed my mind. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah, that's a really that's, great that's idea. That's something that they could do in order to save this movie, right? So they've given away the death of one character. What's to say that they are stopped from killing any other character? Yeah, nope, I nope. totally agree. I totally agree. You know, but... and it's and it's interesting to see because like I don't know why they did the space thing where she's going to be absorbing all of the the cosmic energy because she is the phoenix in Apocalypse. Like that's how they beat Apocalypse is because Jean Grey becomes the phoenix. Yeah, and I think that they, in my opinion, I think so the it reason just why they power? I don't know. Well, no, I, I, if, if from my perspective, I think the reason why they did that was because one of the things that people criticized, um, one of the many things that people criticized Apocalypse for was the fact that they tried to make it seem like the Phoenix was a part of her from birth, which is, if, if you remember, that's the angle they went with in The Last Stand, and right. it was just dumb. Like, it was just well, stupid. But actually, I think that's, isn't that the way they went in the comic books? No, nope. No, in the comic books. That, that's how they did it in the Ultimates. All Yeah. Right. In the, how they in did the, it in Ultimates. Right. right. In the original Dark Phoenix storyline. I know, right? <laughs> in the original Dark Phoenix storyline, it was 100% a cosmic entity that needed to be bonded to, like, a, to, a, to a host. Um, kind of like the way the symbiotes are, right? And it and it shows Jean Grey, shows Jean, Jean and Jean and that's Grant, what that's right. made the story so interesting, right. And that's why well, that's what people hated about the Last Stand, and rightfully so because it was dumb. And they they did a little bit of that in an apocalypse, but I think that to avoid more fan backlash, I think they were just sort of like. Just like sweep that under the rug a little bit. Yeah. Like, just, oh, that, that that never happened. That was just, yeah. fuck that. That 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 never happened. You know, like. <laughs> or or what about what if they bring in Anna Paquin? Now Anna Paquin hasn't been in anything since Days of Future Past when with the Rogue cut, right? And so if you didn't see the Rogue cut, Rogue actually comes right. in. It was great. It was great. arguably it was better than than the regular. Oh, it was one hundred percent better. I, I I really liked it a yeah, lot. Yeah, one hundred percent better. Yeah, yeah. Then and and um and I mean Days of Future Past was just in my opinion it's the best X Men movie that's been put to screen. Hundred percent so agree. It's it's hundred percent. It was agree. so good. I thought it was so well done. Yeah. And um and I thought I, I think it's really interesting if what if they were to bring back Anna Paquin and all of a sudden like there is a big reveal. It's really cool. She comes in and maybe that's how they beat the Dark Phoenix. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that that's that is a really cool way that they could do it. 
I honestly, now that as a reshoot, like that's something easy where you could do. You bring her in and you're like, hey, we're going to take three days of shooting and just shoot this one scene. So you know what? Now that you've said it though, I really think they're going to kill everybody. I think that would be so cool. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome. And then then you, then you have a blank slate to go into yeah. the MCU and you put a, a closed door on this whole X-Men universe, which was arguably what started the comic book movie, you know, franchise, right? right. Like and 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 why had comic book movies have taken over so much. So let's talk MCU for a minute here because Anthony and I did a little had a little fun here we go. today talking about um, what is the MC what are the MCU X-Men going to look like? Right. Who would they be? Yeah. Who would you put into the team? So I gave I gave Anthony some very simple instructions which he had trouble following. I said uh, he did not I said, he gave me like half an instruction. Matt said, has tell like, me. Matt will have like half an idea and he'll be like, Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's just do this. Oh, let's just do this thing. And I'm like, yo, there's so many holes here, like we gotta fill in all this stuff. It's so. not my fault you can't read what's going on inside my head. <laughs> I said, pick your X-Men dream team right. and cast them. Right. So and then he, and then Anthony comes back to me. Like, oh, oh, and he, and he comes back members? to me. How many members? No, well, first you doing? came back with a recasting of Dark Phoenix. I'm like, wait, so that's your dream team? He's like, wait, no, what are you talking about? Like, like who do you want on the X-Men? And then he goes, okay, a team of ten. Why does it have to be ten? No, a team of ten. It doesn't need to be ten. <laughs> Why does it <laughs> have to be ten? I so anyway, you. so at the end of the day, we, we picked our team of X-Men that we think would make the best X-Men in a Marvel universe, in the MCU. Right? If they could bring a team of X-Men, so over the years of the X-Men, there's been many, many different versions. Yep. The original version was Jean Grey, Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, and Angel, right? Surprised you got that right. Yeah, correct. And and <laughs> Professor X and Professor Xavier, right? And so that was the original team, and then that team got kidnapped, and then there was the X-Men Blue team, which came in, and yep. it was all of these other mutant characters yep. that came in, right? And that happened in uh, Giant Size X-Men number one in the yep. 80s. Right, the and living island. Yeah, yeah, with the living island, right, and that's when you brought in havoc. That's when you brought in. That's when Beast actually became blue. That's when you. Had no, it. havoc didn't come in with the giants of X Men. So that team was. Wait, let's make it this right. Pull up the cover. That team was Wolverine, Storm, Colossus, Nightcrawler, Banshee, Thunderbird, and technically Cyclops because he had sort of like survived. Storm. So Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Storm, Wolverine, uh, Thunderbird, Banshee, Thunderbird, Thunderbird, and Banshee. Banshee, Yeah, got it right. Oh yeah, yeah. nailed it. it. I'm an X Men historian. (laughs) (laughs) So Uh, you go first. I want to hear your team. So so what we're doing here, uh, all right, is we're putting together our X Men dream team. Who we think should be in the MCU. Right, so let me tell you my team, and then I'll tell you the uh, the people that I want to play them. So the team that I have, and I did pick ten. Uh, so here's my here's Dang my it. team. So uh, obviously Professor Xavier, because you need Professor Xavier. Uh, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, Colossus, Psylocke, Kitty Pride, so Shadow Cat, Nightcrawler, Bishop, and Rogue. And I think that's a I think it's a fire yeah, team. It's a solid team. It's, I think it's a fire team. So for the the actors playing them, um, I'll start off with the the way that I wrote it down. For Jean Grey, I picked Emma Stone. 
Perfect. Emma Stone, I think that if you're going to bring her into the MCU, yeah. you know, she's a little bit older than than the character is in uh, the current X-Men storyline, right? I think Emma Stone is a great, like, character to bring in. She can bring in a lot of the soft humor, and yet I think that she can really, she has the acting chops to play a more serious role. Yep. Right? Uh, for Professor Xavier, I pick Mark Strong. I like that. I choice. think Mark yep. Strong is like a great actor. I think that he would play a great Professor Xavier. And obviously, we're seeing him as Doctor Savannah as yep. uh, with the bald head. And I think he looks great. I think he would play great Professor Xavier. Uh, for Cyclops, I pick Chris Pine. Chris Pine to play Cyclops. <laughs> I think he could he could do that. That really he's he's a big enough actor where he would have enough pull behind the character, and he could play that more regal cyclops that we get after professor x dies in the comic books you know we, he could play that role yeah where it's where it's really that regal kind of leader cyclops the father figure that is really taking over the x-men i think yep. Chris Pine would be perfect for that um for wolverine which is the the big one and maybe i should have waited to last for wolverine for wolverine i, I picked scott eastwood yep um scott eastwood great up-and-coming actor um he's been in a lot of good things so far and i think that he really could do a great job uh playing him uh for colossus uh i picked and now i have no idea how to exactly pronounce his name but half pure julius bjornsson what the uh, fuck aka the mountain from game of thrones oh my god yeah. you went like with like physical stature okay Dude, i think he would play a great colossus okay I think he could really okay. do just an incredible job um he obviously has the build he has the body type to play colossus you wouldn't need to do a lot of cgi yep. to do it right so you can save money there i think you could be really cool as colossus okay um for Psylocke, uh, I picked – so there were two people that I went with. I couldn't pick on exactly who I wanted for Psylocke. I said either Ellen Wong, who uh, is, I know her from Glow, yep. um, which she was phenomenal in Glow, um, or I went with uh, Tao um, Akamoto, who played Mercy Graves in Batman vs. Superman. Uh, she was Lex Luthor's uh, bodyguard. Yep. Um, or, and she was also in The Wolverine. Yeah. Um, great actress. I think she could do a great Psylocke. Either one of those, Ellen Wong or uh, Tao Akamoto, uh, I think would be either either one of those would be great. Uh, for Kitty Pride, uh, I picked Chloe Grace Moritz. Now, Such a good choice. Now, obviously, Kitty Pride has brown hair. She'd have to dye her hair because she's she's blonde. Um, but I think that she's great. She she looks young enough where she could play the role, um, and she could play the role for years to come. I think yep. that she has that 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 innocence but that can turn into you know that really tough character agree right and yep. if they in with that secret x-men movie if they you know if they, oh, they x-men 143 yeah yep. 143 it you know that i think that she would do a great kitty pride in that as well um for nightcrawler uh for the nightcrawler i picked uh gaspard uliel um so he was in uh hannibal rising um, and in fact, there okay, was yep. there was a fan cast that was done on Screen Rant uh, that actually picked him to play um, to play Nightcrawler as well. Uh, um, collusion, cheating. Well, you can't go from other sources. Whatever. Cheating. Whatever. <laughs> I think it's great. I think they did a great job. I think it, it was uh, great. And he did a great job in Hannibal Rising. So yeah. Um, and then as far as Bishop, I picked Jamie Fox. I think Jamie Foxx would be great as Bishop. You could bring him finally into the uh, MCU, right? I think he's one of those actors that has just been out there in the sidelines. Him, along with Brad Pitt, 
yep. along with Tom Cruise. I think all of those actors deserve to be in the MCU movies. I think they would all do a great job as different characters. Totally agree. Right? Uh, and then finally for Rogue, uh, I picked Natalie Dormer. Uh, Natalie Dormer is amazing. She was amazing in um, the. Um, uh, she was amazing in obviously Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but in uh, uh, Mockingbird, what She's was great in, she in, in um, what's the name of that movie? Why am I having a brain fart right now? Uh, Red Sparrow. You said Mockingbird. What, yeah, no. The, to Kill a Mockingbird? No. What, what movie are we talking about? What's, what's it about? We're gonna have give, me, to, give me more than a bird name. The one in the future. Why am I having a brain fart? The one with Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. So, yeah. Mockingbird? Yeah, obviously, because Mockingbird, it's like her whole thing. Anyway. No, it's so, not. I don't know what. Sorry. It's a, it's sorry. A, oh, my God. I hate you so much. Two, uh, two glasses of bourbon in and um, You're uh, the having worst. a brain, bit of a brain fart. But she was amazing in, in the final uh, Hunger Games yeah. movie. Yes, right, she was, she, great. Was great. she was um, great, and, and I think that she could. I think she could be a badass rogue. Yep, no, totally agree. I actually almost picked Natalie Dormer for rogue, also, but uh, I'll give you my team, uh, which is infinitely better than Anthony's team, and I'll tell you why I picked the team that I did. So, I I'm gonna I'm gonna start by saying that I think the best way to introduce the X Men into the MCU is to ignore. Professor X. For once in our lives, let's just forget about fucking Professor X, at least for the first X-Men movie. So, that being said... Which is interesting, because how... Because, I mean, he starts the X-Men. How can you forget about him? Because he starts the X-Men in the comic books. Why? We've said a million times. Why does it have to be directly from the comic books? That's true. You know who else has led a team of X-Men several times? Forge. My team is Forge, Havoc, Storm, Iceman, Beast, Rogue, and Psylocke. And here's why. Havoc, I have Dakray, I think it's Dakray, Dakra, Dakra, Duke, Dakra, Dakra Montgomery. You might know him from Stranger Things. He was the, the, the dickhead older brother in season two. He was also Jason the Red Ranger in the criminally underrated Power Rangers live action movie. I yep. think he would be a great Havoc. Storm, I chose Amber Stevens. Amber Stevens, you probably mostly know her from 22 Jump Street. She played Ice Cube's daughter in 22 Jump Street. Yeah, she, was um, she was also in uh, that show Greek, which was a, a, a great show that ran for a number of years back in like 2008 through like 2010, I think. Um, Iceman, this is my favorite pick. Iceman, I picked Joe Keery. Joe <laughs> Keery is, is Steve from Stranger yeah. Things. Tell yeah. me he would not be he a great, be great fucking Iceman. Dude, Steve, and, dude, so good, guy, good. Good guy Steve. Like, I love good guy Steve. So good, Stranger right? Things, man. He's just so great. Uh, Beast. Beast, I went a little different here. Um, I think so. I think Beast, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to get into my theory behind this, uh, so just accept it for what it is. I chose John Boyega to play Beast. I think he would do a fantastic job. Which I actually like that. I, I think that's a that's a really great casting on your part because yeah. I think that that's a character that really could transition going from a typically a, a white character in the comic books exactly. to being an African American. Very easily make. Very which easily. I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, Rogue, I chose Naomi Scott, um, who uh, is the second actor I actually picked from the live-action Power Rangers adaptation. She was the Yellow Ranger in the live-action Power Rangers. This, I just think, I just really, she, she just really resonated with me in the Power Rangers movie. I think she would do a great job in another action movie. I think she'd be great for Rogue because she, like, she really can pull off, I think, like, the not only the action components but like the sexiness of rogue and to be clear the rogue that i am talking about is not the lame ass rogue we've gotten in every other x-men movie so far i am talking about the rogue who flies and punches things in the face 
because that's the rogue we want in movies. Which we'll we'll go we'll go into it. Yeah. Uh, Psylocke, I chose Constance Wu, uh, who you probably know from Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I did not cast, in case anybody missed it, I did not cast a Wolverine. I think we could have one movie without Wolverine. Uh, Forge, this is my favorite casting. Forge, uh, is a Native American in the comic books. Wes Studi is a, an incredible actor and also a Native American. And he's older, which fits him with my theory Forge, I think, should be the guy to bring together the original X-Men in the MCU because Forge has this element. I think you could tell a really good story where instead of having Professor Rex, the classic, you know, the school for gifted youngsters or whatever, have a character like Forge who flies under the radar a little bit and is walking around sort of like clandestinely saving mutants from persecution and ends up building the first X-Men team by way of collecting mutants like Havoc and Storm and Iceman and whatever. That is the way for me, I think, to really bring in the X-Men into the MCU instead of just yeah. going the, the traditional route of Professor X has a, has a school of mutants and then he teaches them how to be soldiers. Like I think it would be cool to do something a little bit different in the MCU for their introduction. Yeah. So, I, so I, that's my team. I, I think that's really good. I, I, I actually uh, – I don't hate your team. My team is much better, but I don't <laughs> <laughs> your team is cliche. How fucking sucks. Yeah. What were you gonna talk about, Rogue? What was your oh your rogue? so so Rogue? So let's talk about why is she able to fly around and punch things into the face in the face because right? she absorbs Captain Marvel's powers. Yeah, because she absorbs Captain Marvel's powers. It's all connect. Calm down, Hal Jordan. My dog just freaked out when I did that. Calm down. Relax. So so for those of you who don't know, Rogue, she absorbs people's powers when she touches them. And in the comic books, she actually touched Captain Marvel for too long yep. and absorbed her to absorb so much of her powers that they became permanent. Yep. Right. And so that's why she has super strength and that's why she can fly and has the super durability. And for a long time in the comic books, actually, and I, I, I don't think they will ever do this in the MCU, but for a long time in the comic books, Captain Marvel wasn't even a real character. Not even like she she didn't have a body. Her conscious existed inside of Rogue's inside body, of Rogue's and body, could like right. take over if Rogue let her. And it's right. a pretty cool, you know, um, thing. But yeah, no, I totally agree. That they would be actually a great did, way to connect it. They all. did a a one off throwaway episode of X Men: The Animated Series that they talked about Rogue's origin, and they bring in Captain Marvel and they actually talk about it. And it's such a, a great it's episode. one of the best episodes. Great episode. and it's such a throwaway episode. Right? It's actually yeah. very hard to find as well. Like, it's it's total it was filler. just one of those, yeah, it was just a filler episode, well, well, but it, it was phenomenal. If you own all three seasons of the show on DVD like I did, it's well, very easy to find. Fanboy posturing right here. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's our fan casting of the Marvel Universe. Go online and tell us. Who do you think – who do you want to see on the yeah, X-Men who, What would your team, team be and who and do then you who would think? You cast who do you actually it? think they're going to go for? Because you know who we want to see and who we think the MCU is actually going to put in there are probably two very different things. Yeah, I can't imagine that um, that Feige would, would want to even, even tolerate a conversation talking about bringing the X-Men into the MCU without having Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, it, he's, he's already said he's, yeah. <laughs> he already said he's looking for Wolverine, yeah, but, but... I think it could add such an interesting element to the Captain Marvel storyline, right? If you bring in Rogue, right, and you, you have that whole situation happen, 
right? Where you can you can have Rogue absorb Captain Marvel's powers, yep. right? And that way you can take Captain Marvel out for a little while and then bring her back. And that, that would that's be really interesting. Like, and, they really could do a good job with that. And not even take Captain Marvel out. Like talk about a cool, subtle way to introduce mutants to the MCU. Captain Marvel two. Have Rogue have that cameo, have that scene happen yeah. in Captain Marvel 2. Don't have it go the same way, like have Captain Marvel continue to exist as Captain Marvel, but introduce the character of Rogue and yeah. the concept of mutants in Captain Marvel 2, and then boom, you've already got one character for the next movie. Yeah. Yeah. We're fucking, fucking geniuses. We yeah. can run this goddamn movie studio <laughs> with our eyes closed. It's a fucking no brainer, man. Come on. <laughs> We got it. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, MCU, you're, welcome you're welcome, Feige. You're welcome, Feige. <laughs> All right. So it's time, as we do every week, as we get towards the end of the show, for a little segment we like to call Winner of the Week. Okay. So this week, um, we're not even going to waste our time yeah, I mean, talking we about. predicted it last yeah, week. We're not even going to waste our time telling you what else is coming out this week because. There, there literally is actually nothing else really worth noting coming out this week. And I don't know if Marvel planned it that way or if Disney planned it that way. But literally the only name movie that's coming out this week that I've ever even heard of is Captain Marvel. So Captain yeah. Marvel is 100% going to yeah. win the week. But interestingly so, I want to go back to the conversation we started earlier about what happened last week. Because... We were we were kind of close we last close. week. We, we were, were close. close. We were close. We said that How to Train Your Dragon three was going to take the weekend. I never in a million years thought it was going to be as close as it was. Yeah, neither did I. You Especially know, I, considering the Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, like I I I had a thought because like I said, you know, I I've seen how like there's a market for these Medea movies. I I've never really been a fan of them. Like Tyler Perry has just not been my my favorite as as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the Medea movies always do well at the box office. And I thought, you know, we, we correctly speculated that with How to Train Your Dragon 3 being in its second week, that the Medea movie would give it a run for its money. And it did. It only The Medea movie only lost by about $2 million, um, which was, you know, really impressive for a more or less powerhouse movie like how to train your dragon three um we were t i was totally wrong about greta i thought greta was going to put up more of a fight um but again you know it wasn't really released on a lot of screens um good reviews but you know unfortunately it just doesn't have the the oomph to 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 make a dent in either of the uh the other two movies that that took the box office this weekend so really interesting to see uh, the first i would say the first sort of real box office battle we've had all year yeah but next week it's no contest. Captain yeah, Marvel. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel definitely all the way. Um, how many weeks it, will it stay as number one? I would say it's probably going to stay as number one all the way until Shazam comes out. 100%. You know? it, it'll it'll I mean, win the it'll, next it'll, three weeks. Yeah, next three weeks probably. Um, definitely. there's nothing really that's that's that major that's coming out. Nothing that's going to have the, the marketing and publicity behind it. You know, there's going to be other good movies that are coming out, but nothing that has the, the same kind of marketing yep. and publicity. So, 100%. Um, and hopefully, like, you know, hopefully Captain Marvel will be great. Um you know, uh, with uh, with Dark Phoenix, we, you know, we, we wait with bated breath to see how good that movie is going to be later on this year. Um, and and some of the other breath. movies, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it's gonna. I actually, considering that last trailer and some of the yeah. things that they can do with it, like it, it seems like the whole feel of the trailer is sad. Like it seems yeah. dark. Yeah. Right, and it seems really like. 
downputting, right? It seems like they know it's coming to the end, right? So what better way to do that than to just if they don't kill off every character, kill off every major character. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like I said, I I had I had zero hype when the first trailer came out, but the second trailer, I'm 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 more hyped now. I I can't lie. Um, so yeah, so we will wait. We will wait and see what comes of that movie. We're a lot more excited for it, but uh, right now it's all about Captain the two Captain Marvels, Captain yeah, Marvel yeah. and uh, the other Captain, Captain Marvel Shazam. Shazam. We yeah. can't wait. So uh, as always, people. Go on our Instagram page, like our stuff, comment, yeah, tell ready us what you think about the episodes. Set, underscore review. All of the underscores. All of the underscores. Ready, underscore, set, underscore, review. Um, go to our Instagram page. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know your fan casting for X-Men. You know, what would be your ideal team to be able to have as a part of the X-Men? Um, yeah. And, and then who would you want them to, to play them in the MCU? Stay tuned, true reviewers.